If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. I began designing what that challenge would look like, how we could bring students on site to develop a software design for the astronauts. It would need to be mounted somehow within the helmet, and that's still a challenge yet to be overcome. Back to school used to mean buying pens and notebooks. In 2019, it could mean using augmented reality to design hardware for astronauts. Since 2018, the NASA Suits Design Challenge has invited student teams ages 16 and up to create technology for use during spacewalks. SUITS is an acronym for Spacesuit User Interface Technologies for Students. NASA SUITS Activity Manager and STEM Engagement Strategist Brandon Hargis designed the NASA SUITS program. Brandon, before we get to talking about the NASA SUITS Design Challenge, how did space science first engage your imagination when you were a student? Oh, that's a great question. I think one of the things I remember from my childhood was the Challenger explosion. My mother was a teacher. Krista McAuliffe was an inspiration to that generation of teachers. And my mom really had a connection there. And so I saw space exploration, the challenges that come with that and the inspiration that astronauts can have, that teachers can have on students. And and that really, to me, was probably a, um, just a, an event in a lifetime that you where people know where they were when that happened and what the importance of that event was. And so it always stayed in my mind as I went into school myself and I had different aspirations throughout, as many students have as they go to college. They change their mind several times, I'm sure, but some people know exactly what they want. And for me, it ended up being education and and teaching science, and I attended lots of NASA workshops and ended up being at NASA as an educator. And that just, for me, it was a winding road, but I always had an interest in space, always loved when I was growing up in the country going out looking at the stars and just the wonderment of it. And just, I guess that's how I ended up here. It's interesting because, of course, like everyone else, I remember exactly where I was when I heard about Challenger, and I never did make the connection, but what a wonderful tribute to Christian teachers like her are all these programs through NASA through which the students now can be a part of space. Which leads me to ask you, of course, How did the NASA Suits Design Challenge Competition come into being? So it came out of a conversation with our EVA office here at Johnson Space Center, and EVA is extravehicular activity, or we also know that as spacewalks, when they were talking about a desire to be able to create a new avionics design for future spacesuits, but really not having the resources and personnel to work on it, to devote time to it, because they're much more critical systems that are needed and have to be there for 
astronaut safety and, and for their health, right? And so this would be a, an extra or an add-on that provides more efficiency and provides better communication in completing their tasks. And so the conversation then became, well, could we have students help do this? Because we can bring students on site for a fraction of the cost, but they're working right now in their universities on cutting-edge technologies. They're right at the forefront of new skills and training. And so we said, could we do this and perhaps get some funding to put together and, and make this happen for you? And so that's really how this conversation came about as a partnership between our Office of STEM Engagement here at NASA Johnson Space Center and our EVA office here at NASA Johnson Space Center. And so from there, I began designing what that challenge would look like, how we could bring students on site after they've had time to work at their universities or colleges, higher education institutions, to develop a software design for the astronauts. And that that software design is a user interface that would provide them with task steps, path optimization. It's also going to provide some biometrics to them so they're aware of suit pressures and so forth. They get a lot of this now through audio from the ground, and they can also monitor these things on the suit. But this would provide what our technical team here is referring to as a heads-in display rather than a heads-up, because it would actually be it would need to be mounted somehow within the helmet. And that's still a challenge yet to be overcome. I can just imagine how much fun the students must have had the first couple of years you've done this. Would you take me back in your imagination to that first competition, and what do you remember very best from that? So I remember we were in a crunch to get the information out so that students could participate in the spring. We had several decisions that needed to be made in order to make this challenge possible and and to invite students to participate. And so it was a big time crunch. We ended up using a simulated spacewalk task board for the challenge. And it consisted of an electrical circuit that students would need to follow certain steps in order to remove a battery pack, complete the circuit with a new battery pack, connect some wires and so forth, as though they were conducting a task for an actual EVA or spacewalk. And students were very creative. There were some excellent designs that came out of that. I think one of the things that I remember that was maybe one of the greatest outcomes was the fact that we allowed teams to be multidisciplinary as well as multi-leveled as well as multi-institutional. So that simply means that they could be in any grade level, graduate or undergraduate. They could be from two-year colleges, four-year colleges. They could combine institutions. We had one team that was a combined institution team. They had different disciplines represented throughout the team not just computer science, but also graphic design, kinesiology, psychology. There were some teams that were made up entirely of aeronautical engineers. And 
we really wanted this challenge to be a more more collaborative than a competition. And so we encouraged students in our online communities, the classroom that we created, for them to share information with each other and to collaborate. Now, it took a while because students can be, as everyone is, can be competitive. So it took a while for them to realize, yes, we really are wanting you to collaborate. It's not a winner-take-all. It's, in the end, sharing to get the best ideas. And so what we saw from those teams that had multiple disciplines represented and multiple grade levels is just a wealth and diversity of ideas, a diversity of thought. And out of that came some designs that were exactly what our teams here in the EVA office were looking for. And again, their goal is to take all of these ideas that students are creating and use that for concept development for a future spacesuit. Why didn't they have these opportunities around when I was a kid? (laughs) I know, I would say the same thing. Let's step through this together. Suppose that we have a 16-year-old student right now who is listening, and she says, I want to get involved in this. And let's just say that her main interests are graphics, as you mentioned before, and maybe she's strong in literature or writing, which is a real arts discipline. What is her path, and what are the main areas in which she could contribute in your next Suits Design Challenge? So in the next challenge, we are looking toward a lunar spacewalk focus, so a planetary EVA is what we would call that, or a lunar EVA. We would be looking for our teams to design a user interface that can help an astronaut communicate with devices on the surface. And so I think that someone that has a graphics background that is interested in literature and art would be involved by creating an interface for the astronaut that that isn't distracting to them. It needs to be something that easily flows and take into account how human best interfaces with the computer, how human best interfaces with those graphics that are on the screen. So I think there's definitely a lot of creativity and innovation that comes into this, which is a great reason for having students work on this challenge. But bringing in the art and background or experience is so important to helping the human feel comfortable in viewing the information, being able to move easily from one screen to another or from one view or framework within the user interface to another. There's just something that that brings to a team. And I'll share this, is that one of the teams that had mostly engineers, it was all engineers, as a matter of fact, one of the things they told us was that by working with the others at test week, they gained so much knowledge about human interfacing with the computer with the graphic user interface during that week that their design looked nothing like it did when they came in earlier in the week because we allow them to continue to make iterations throughout. So I think that that background and experience is very, very important to this challenge. 
Let's look at the timeline that will be facing the student. I don't yet see information online on the 2020 NASA Suits Challenge. When does she need to sign up and how does she go about getting a team? So currently we are still developing our challenge descriptions for the upcoming year. We expect that we'll be able to release our new calls for proposals out to institutions for students to create teams sometime mid to late August which is our usual time frame in the past has been the end of August. We're going to try to get that out a little bit earlier if we can. But because our challenge has evolved each year and is evolving into something new this year, it does take some time to put that together. And we currently have some suits interns here on site working with our technical team in the human subsystems and informatics branch, putting those challenges together. And that's another great thing that's come out of SUITS is we've been able to hire student interns to help create these challenges and to help us implement the challenges. So we expect that'll get released mid to late August. We hope to have all of our proposals in in October, and that will give us some time in the month of October to conduct a review of those proposals where we bring in technical subject matter experts to be on the review team and give each proposal multiple reviews according to the scoring guide that we'll be putting out within our proposal guidelines document for the students to review. And then we hope to have announcements for the teams either in late November, early December. With our test week occurring in April of 2020, and the actual week will be April 20th through the 24th. The other thing that I should mention is we are working to finalize a partnership with Microsoft, who is going to partner with us on Suits, and we have some events coming up with them in September at the Houston Baybrook Galleria and Woodlands locations where some of our former SUITS teams, students, SUITS alum, you could say, are going to be mentoring 7th and 8th grade students through some artificial intelligence challenges that they're doing at the Microsoft stores in those locations. How exciting is that? That's fantastic. What are some of the problems that you have seen students have when they start designing for microgravity? What are some of the things that maybe they aren't thinking about as they're designing for something that's not going to be used here on Earth? I think sometimes their designs, they run into, they need to be very adaptable. They need to be flexible. They need to be created in such a way that they could be used for any spacewalk. And I think sometimes the students get very objective focused and they get so they feel like they're going in one direction so they design everything toward that and what we want them to do is open up the playbook and be very flexible adaptable to this space environment so last year and the year before we were designing for an international space station mission where they would be in microgravity this year we're looking at them being in a lunar gravity so not to say that that really has an impact on the graphic user interface they're creating, but it is a different perspective on what they'll be seeing as a part of the challenge in 2020.
Last year it was components on the ISS. This year it will mimic components that may be stationed on the lunar surface. Will they be designing specifically in augmented reality or in VR as well? So we are continuing with augmented reality. We have had teams use what we have in the lab, which is a a Microsoft HoloLens, but we've also had teams use the Magic Leap augmented reality system, as well as one team last year from Riverside City Community College in California. They created a glove as a peripheral device to use with their HoloLens, and their glove actually had a joystick on it on one location where the astronaut could use their thumb to manipulate the joystick on the glove to scroll through different screens in augmented reality. We find that augmented reality has been, so far, the best route for this. Uh, Technical leads in the branch that we're working with have felt, for the most part, augmented reality is where this technology will probably need to go in order to provide the astronaut with continuous view of the external environment in spacewalks. It's very important that they're able to view what's going on in their surroundings at all times. And with augmented reality, they're still able to see that physical environment behind the augmented environment and react. They'll be able to quickly shift from viewing augmented reality back to just what's around them if needed, but they're also able to see it continuously throughout. I'm just thinking what an amazing world we live in when we talk about things like holographs and being able to switch from AR to the real world and back. When you mention the HoloLens, though, I know today it's pretty pricey. How do students go about getting access to the HoloLens without shelling out, I think today it's $3,000? I think the HoloLens 2 is a little over 3000 The HoloLens the earlier, the first version, was a little under 2000 And so what we asked teams to do was to approach local industries in their area, to approach their state space grants. And most of the students were able to do that. And some students' institutions already had a HoloLens that was a part of their technology department that they were able to use. There was also an emulator online that would allow students to create their graphic user interface design and emulate what it would look like through a HoloLens, and that was actually free. And that was a link that was given to us by Microsoft that anyone could access. And we made sure that teams out there knew where that was in case they weren't able to purchase one so that when they came on site, they would be able to use the ones that we had here in the lab at no cost to them, but they would have been able to test using that emulator if they were unable to acquire a HoloLens. But really, the main push was for them to work with their state space grants. And when you mention space grants, what's a good resource for the students to find out? Let's say we're somewhere like Mississippi or Delaware or something like that. How do they find out what grants are available for them to approach? So we tried to reach out with our promotional plan. We reached out to all of the education directors at the NASA centers. We reached out to their public affairs officials at all the NASA centers. We sent out information to 
all of the institutions that we have on file that have participated with NASA education activities, including all of the minority-serving institutions. And what we encourage students to do was to work with a faculty advisor who would have experience in reaching out to local industries, reaching out to space grants, reaching out to other stakeholders that might get involved with them as a part of this process because we want them to involve a faculty member throughout the process. We wanted them to involve other stakeholders that could advise them. There were several teams that actually had former astronauts who were on staff at their university that they reached out to. Not every team had that. So in the second year, we actually had a former crew member come online and give information to the students about what it's like to conduct a spacewalk and what this technology should be able to do and ways to design it that would not be distracting to the astronaut and completing their task, what would be helpful, what would not be helpful, and so forth. So that's really the way we go about that is in, you know, encouraging them to work with a faculty member there on site. And what we've seen out of that is that faculty members were invited to come with them but we've seen out of that that some have decided to make this a capstone project or a design challenge specifically for their spring semester. We've also seen as a byproduct and really has now become what the EVA office and our funding sources are most excited about is institutions are now conducting more research in this area of using augmented reality for space-based tasks. And we've seen a few more white papers coming out, a few more conference papers coming out from teams at universities and colleges that have worked in this challenge being published and, and giving presentations. And so we feel like SUITS is pushing the research into this area as a result of the work we're doing. It's an exciting program. As somebody who obviously loves education, is excited about what you do, what do you consider one of the most interesting lessons you've learned as an educator about teaching STEAM engagement, or STEM engagement rather, within the last year through the SUITS program? Never stop learning. This is all brand new technology coming out and capabilities coming out. But I think for me, I've always pushed my students in the past when I was teaching in the classroom to never stop learning. This challenge has brought that to me as I'm now working on my PhD. I'm learning about this technology and how helpful I feel like it's going to be and what a success I think it's going to be for the space program to have this capability and future spacesuits and to know that students are a part of the idea process, that they're learning things they're not getting in their universities back home or in their programs that they're in at whatever institution they're going to, that even our interns who are working on these challenges and creating them for the students, they're learning. We're all learning together as we're putting this forward. And so that would just, I could sum it up in that, is never stop learning. Brandon said his own PhD studies provide some perspectives for future suits challenges. Right now, I'm just looking at what students' attitudes are towards 
technology and collaboration in challenges like this or in any, really in any learning environment. Because augmented reality, you know, I say it's new, it's not really new, but the technologies that are coming out making it better and better are new. And the ways that we're using it now are new. And you see it a lot in the medical communities today and training for surgery and for these tasks that can be very intensive and arduous. And so bringing this over into the space industry and how astronauts are doing these highly dexterous tasks in difficult environments and they spend months and months and months of time training just to do simple you know, things that we would think were simple here on Earth become so much more complex in space. And so it's very interesting, and I want to see how collaboration is a part of that growth and a part of that learning that takes place as we do these challenges. And that's, that's really what I guess I'm excited about as a part of it. Not only that students are going to be a part of this new suit and this creation of the technology for these new suits, but that the learning is taking place and the innovations that are going to come out of that and hopefully the spinoffs that come out of that. Brandon, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. You and I have been listening to NASA Suits Activity Manager and STEM Engagement Strategist Brandon Hargis. As Brandon mentioned, details on the 2020 NASA Suits Design Challenge are scheduled to be available in mid to late August. Here's the website to check out for updates. microgravityuniversity.jsc.nasa.gov. You'll see a tab at the top for the NASA Suits program. Once again, that website is microgravityuniversity.jsc.nasa.gov. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.